is up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Dense Pixels Podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host, Micah. Two things up front. Okay. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, Josh, uh, a mutual friend of ours named Devon, told me that you are a big fan of the show. So thank you very much for listening. We appreciate your patronage. Uh, and two, happy birthday, Brad. One more, one more revolution around the, uh, around the sun. One more completed. year closer to death. How yep. are you? Uh, I'm good. Um, I, for those of you that don't know, uh, I care the least for my day of birth uh, than anyone I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, <laughs> today was just Monday for me. Uh, I went to work this morning. I'm recording this podcast right now. I did get a apple cheesecake uh, that I have partaken in already, which is delicious. Thank you, wife. <laughs> and uh, and like I said, all everything that I want is now uber expensive, and therefore I cannot get it as a gift. So, like I yep. said, <laughs> <laughs> my wife's like, "What do you want for your birthday?" And I was like, I "It doesn't matter because you can't afford it because it's like a three thousand dollar watch that I want right now, and I, we don't have three thousand dollars to spend on." Such things for a birthday present? We're not. Uh, I, I, look, look. You you might want to you might want to just drop hints every once in a while. You never know. <laughs> they might surprise you. They might surprise you. But uh, yeah, happy birthday! One more year. Uh, one more year on this planet. One more year on experiencing this. Thank you, and I'm sure you're happy as well because the like I said, now the temporary uh, tremendous gap in age that between you and I has been closed. Once again, yes, the, the, has the, been closed the two until months. July. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I will uh, next year. I'll be out of your decade bracket. Uh, which <laughs> that's is, true. Yeah. So uh, later in the show, uh, I know we talked about Borderlands uh, last time. Micah was on two weeks ago. We've now both beaten the game. Uh, we're going to talk spoilers later in the show. We're going to talk Endgame later in the show. Uh, we will give you fair warning though before we get to that point. Uh, Micah, Carrie and I talked extensively about Link's Awakening last week. You have also been playing Link's Awakening. Tell us your thoughts. So, um, you know me, I, I have a bit of a problem when it comes to purchasing video games. And, um, I, I, I was on a plane, um, uh, for five hours and I wanted, a, uh, something to play. Um, so I dropped 60 whole American real money bucks on Link's Awakening. Uh, so I could play it on the plane and I immediately had buyer's remorse. Yeah. So here's the thing about links. We're getting, so we talked, we, the, one of the big crux around the discussion last week, Carrie and I had, is this game worth $60? Um, it is a very difficult thing to argue that it is because I felt not bad at all about links awakening because I was able to purchase it for $55 and then I traded mm. it in for $43. So basically I paid $12 to rent it essentially and got yeah. my money's worth out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I don't even know why I got it. Cause I, I'm not even a huge fan of links awakening, but, um, cause it's you know, Zelda. Yeah. And it scratches and, that itch that, uh, does not get to be scratched that frequently anymore. Yeah. To top down <laughs> Zelda game. Yep. And once I scratched it, I'm like, wow, this is, this, I paid sixty dollars for this. <laughs> um, it's a it's a good game, but um, I, you know, it, it is it is not worth it to me. 
But uh, if you've never played, like Carrie says, it's her favorite Zelda game. I'm curious to find out why. Because it was probably because um, it was her first one. It's it's a lot of it's the Final Fantasy VII effect, I think, in that okay. specific instance. It's not not to say that Link's Awakening is bad, and I don't even think that Carrie would say that Link's Awakening is objectively better than Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, Breath of the Wild, yada 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 yada. But it's a sentimental favorite. Oh, okay. All right. I got you. Um, um, today, um, you know, I, I play Marvel Ultimate Alliance a lot and, uh, I put it down for a while cause I got everybody up to a hundred and almost maxed out everybody's, uh, abilities. And today they dropped the first expansion. Um, you know, I bought the season pass and they dropped the first expansion and, um, I mean, it's more game. Um, they they said that more story content would be there. Um, they lied. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not more story content. You get to play the story with modified enemies. Um, so it's just harder difficulty. Well, they not even a harder difficulty. Like I would have appreciated a more difficult. They call it nightmare mode, right? So you would think, oh wow, this is this difficulty must be outrageous. No, it's just, um, it's just some of the enemies are gimmicked, and some of the enemies can gimmick you. Like some of the enemies can make you stronger, but sap your, but it constantly saps your health because you know this is the vampire expansion. And, um, the only way to cure yourself is to, uh, kill a certain number, uh, a certain type of enemy, but that certain type of enemy can be reborn into a different type of enemy. It, it's, it's convoluted and it doesn't make any sense. Um, are the rewards it, at least better? Like, do you get more XP and better drop rates for the ISO eights and stuff uh, like that? Not really. There's ISO eight that you can get that gives you better drop rate, but that was in the base game. Right. So it really doesn't matter. Um, the level cap has been bumped up to 150. Oh no. Uh, which, you know, <laughs> I mean, I gotta do it. I, I gotta do it. Is that something so, they're going to do with every expansion? Are they going to just jack it up 50 levels? You know what? I, I, I don't mind if they do, if they make more difficult, levels like if they make harder difficulty levels right now there are four difficulty levels in the base game and nightmare mode which is this the the gimmick level Um, i mean i don't know if they actually can up the difficulty though because like we talked about when we talked about that game it's kind of hard to make like bonafide builds in ultimate alliance like in borderlands like mayhem works because you can build around you know, your skill trees and you can make a, you know, character that plays a very specific way to kind of combat the, you know, the loss of damage in certain areas or the extra shields and, and hard difficulties. But Ultimate Alliance doesn't really have that. So I, I guess it would be more, you can't really just bump up the difficulty because that'll just make the content just harder for the sake of being harder. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's just remixed content. They have this thing called Gauntlet Mode where instead of, you know, your infinity, it's just, it's just, th- three to five infinity trials back to back and you don't get a break in between. So you can't change your party. You can't, um, get extra health, right? Like it's a gauntlet, but it's still the same remixed. It's still the same remixed areas and, and remixed enemies and stuff like that. So 
this first expansion is not um i mean the characters are great blade is awesome moon knight is awesome morbius is morbius and punisher i mean i don't really use range characters in this type of game um so the first the first uh expansion is not really doing it for me but I say that out of one side of my mouth and then out of the other side of my mouth, I'm like, uh, I got to get everybody to 150 though. <laughs> so, so it's, I mean, it's, it's cool that that game is holding your attention the way that it does in, in being a time waster essentially. Cause that's kind of what it yeah, is. At this that's point, all so. it is. It's just, it's just me hitting the, uh, it's me hitting the, the, uh, the X, the Y button four times and then the X button. Like it's, <laughs> it's just that. I mean, look, better to have something like that where you pay to fix $90 costs than something like Marvel Heroes where you can just pump endless amounts of money into it. So, yeah, is is the way I would look at it. So um, if you're looking for something new to play this week, uh, there's a few new releases. The one that, of course, Mike and I are most excited about, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep comes out for PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. Uh, this can, is, we, uh, can we talk about this for a second? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So... Okay, I was looking at videos on the internet, and um, uh, it was a, a preview for Shadowkeep, mm-hmm. right? And then when the preview for Shadowkeep went off, uh, the next video auto-played, and Destiny New Light came up. Right. Now, I'm, I've been out of Destiny for a good long while. So, pro- uh, probably should explain. Okay, so... Destiny New so Destiny New Light is technically also coming out um, tomorrow as well. Destiny New Light is the free to play version of Destiny of Destiny Two, I should say, uh, that starts tomorrow. So if you've never played Destiny before, you can download Destiny New Light for free, um, and you can play Destiny New Light. And there's actually a lot of fucking content available in New Light because you basically get all of the year one campaign content, which is the Red War campaign, Curse of Osiris, and Warmind. Uh, You get all of the stuff that comes with that content, including the raids and any exotic weapons that come out. Uh, You get access to the Crucible. You get access to Gambit. You get access to the Strike playlist. Uh, You get access to pretty much everything in the game that's not gated behind a paywall. Now, if you want to get the forsaken content they have a bundle available that i think is 20 bucks now uh mm-hmm. that gets you the forsaken content plus the annual pass for year 2 so basically that would get you the forsaken dlc the campaign that comes with that the raids that come with that all the exotic quests that happen during year 2 basically all that stuff and then if you want the current stuff uh you would have to get shadowkeep and shadowkeep also includes the season pass for the for the newest season which is called season of the undying and then there will be um, see, like as the seasons change every three months, uh, you can opt into those yourself. They're ten dollars. I know that there's an annual or like a deluxe edition of Shadowkeep that's sixty instead of thirty-five, which is what Shadowkeep normally costs. It gets you Shadowkeep and basically the annual pass uh, for 2019-2020. Um, so basically, if you want all that Destiny Two has to offer starting tomorrow, uh, if you pay eighty dollars, you get everything. If you just want to check out the game. Uh, then it's it's free. You can play to, and and the cool thing with New Light is that since stuff like Gambit is not gated, since stuff like the Crucible is not gated, Strike playlists are not gated, you can still play with your friends. Like if you have people that you know that play Destiny, you can get in with them. Uh, you'll start at seven fifty light because seven fifty is the new 
uh, base light level in the game, um, and then go on from there, basically. That's pretty cool, man. Um, it's a brave new this world. Is, uh, yeah, man, this is a company trying to make good of uh of what uh was previously done because i was watching this new light video i was like why why am i seeing this again but there's a lot more storytelling in the actual uh date you know moment to moment gameplay Mm -hmm. like like the ghost is talking to you and he is narrating oh that's the coolest part about New Light. So when you start a new character in New Light, and this goes for us, by the way, too. It's like if you delete one of your characters and start a new one of that class, you'll mm-hmm. get the New Light introduction. And basically, the New Light introduction is the first level, the intro level from Destiny 1 until right. you find the ship and get to the tower. So they remastered that first sequence of events from Destiny 1. I think it's like two missions that you play, basically, to to get, you know, get, learn your character, find your ship and then, you know, get dropped off of the tower. And then you're just in destiny at that point. Yeah. I was like, Whoa, what is the, like, at first I thought they were going to give you, I thought, I thought the new, the, um, the new light was going to be destiny one free to play. No, no, no. They're, they're not remastering <laughs> the entire what? game. They're not remastering okay, the entire game. to say, man. <laughs> But uh, but still, this is very cool because it it I, I like the idea of uh, the story being told more through uh, the, your ghost was just chatting away, man. Yeah, and and that's cool. Like the lore of Destiny is very interesting, but people don't think it has like people don't think it's interesting because it's not spoon fed to them. Like you have to go seek it out. But um, I urge you to seek it out, and and you'll probably enjoy it. But if you don't, it looks like they're going to do a better job of storytelling, uh, which I have to believe is, you know, the reason they're doing this because they are free to tell the story the right. way they want to tell their story. Well, and and they also have even said that they're very conscious of the fact they've had all these like almost like episodes that aren't that don't seem to be really connected all that well. And yeah. starting with this new expansion shadow keep, they're going to be connecting. So like they said that something will happen in shadow keep that'll kick off season of the undying. And then something will happen at the end of season, of the undying through some event that they do or something of that nature that will kick off, that will lead into like the next season and so on and so forth. Instead of having these just like disconnected, you know, crises that you base that destiny kind of has been up to this point before. Yeah. So it's to be really cool. So much added in this, uh, in this new expansion. I mean, really go seek it out for yourself there. I mean, it is a, it is a, you know, yearly destiny expansion. And those are the, those are the big ones. So there's a whole new campaign in this one. I, you know, the short campaign, it's like, I think it's like a six mission campaign. Like they usually are um, in these expansions, but there's also going to be, a new raid that starts very soon. There's obviously going to be a new exotic quest. They're adding the the seasonal artifact, which can get you exclusive perks, but they're only good for that season. Uh, they're adding the new armor 2.0 system. Um, just so they're adding the 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 battle pass, whatever the fuck they're calling it. This year, they can get you progressive rewards um, as you go. So 
lot of stuff in Shadowkeep. Uh, so very, looking very forward to hop back in Destiny. I really haven't been playing much Destiny for the past uh, two or two two and a half months or so. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I it feels like it's been. I don't think it's been a year. It feels like it's been a year. Like I think my well, it, I think it, can't have, it can't have been a year because you played Forsaken. Yeah, that's right. But I can't. I I was nowhere near max level. Um. When I when I stopped, I think I'm still in like at like 680 light level or something well, like that. You're not 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 in 12 hours. You won't be. However <laughs> long it is, and that's the thing too. Like if you're a Labs Destiny player, um, with this new update, every piece of gear that you own is going to be jacked up to 750 right away. Uh, <clears throat> oh, and they're also changing the. The grind is getting a lot better too. I'm sorry to spend so much time on on I Destiny mean, look, too. They, know, look, what they, they, they know what they said. You, you knew what this was. Um, <laughs> so the leveling system is actually great. So you know how before. Um, so first of all, the new so 750 is the new base light. Uh, 900 is the new soft cap. So until you get to 900, every drop you get will be a higher power level than what mm-hmm. you have. Um, and then 950 is the new like powerful cap. And then there's a hard cap of 960 uh, that they're taking back to kind of the destiny one methodology um, from before. So basically once you get to 900, only powerful rewards and prime engrams uh, will up your light level. Um, Mm -hmm. And prime engrams are going to be less impactful. They're only going to give you like three light levels above, but they are power levels above, but they you'll get them more frequently. Apparently, and you won't start getting them until you get to 900, but you'll, you'll get a whole bunch as soon as you hit 900, apparently, is mm-hmm. how it'll go. And then once you get to 950, the only way to get to 960 is to do pinnacle activities. So that's like the raid, the nightfalls, probably comp in some way, shape, or form, the new three-man dungeon that they're putting in um, to this season as well. That's the only way that you can get all the way up to 960. So if you see someone rolling around... 960, then you know that they're pretty serious that they've done all of the, you know, prestige endgame content, essentially. And your seasonal artifact will also give you additional power beyond that. So I think that they said they could, you can get all the way up to like a thousand power with what the (laughs) seasonal artifact, but then that's only good for this season. So when the new season starts, you'll have a new power grind that you have to, that you have to chase after. That's it's, interesting. It's very that's, interesting. Yeah. Well, and that's cool. Man. The best part. So you know how like if you were like when you're getting powerful gear, right? And like, like you know how sometimes like, you always have just one of your inventory slots that's dragging behind and you can never seem to get a drop for that slot when you need it. Yeah. Well, now when you get like when you hit that soft cap of 900, your blues and your purples that you get that aren't powerful rewards, instead of dropping 15 levels below your current power level, they'll drop like three levels below your current mm. power level. So you might stand better odds of even if, even though it's not a powerful upgrade, you still might get something for that slot. That's way higher than what you currently have in that slot at that moment, even because it's below your, your highest equipable item, basically. Okay. A lot of cool, Very th- cool. A, lot, a lot of cool stuff going on. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Um, what else is coming out this week? You got Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Wow. Yeah, I snuck <laughs> up on you, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, Ghostbusters, the video game remastered comes to PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Uh, Ready Set Heroes comes to PS4, 
Uh, I, this game is only on the list because I wanted to say the entire title because it's ridiculous. You know, a girl who chants love at the bound of this world comes to PS4 and Switch. By the way, I did not capitalize the words in that title because they are not capitalized in the title of the game for some reason. <laughs> I just needed to point that out. And then uh, we are – October is is on the precipice. It might even be here. By the time you're listening to this podcast, we know what your free games are going to be for PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold. Uh, pretty solid month for PlayStation Plus. Uh, we'll talk about Last of Us Part 2 later in the episode. Of course, The Last of Us, the first one, is going to be available for PS4 for free. And then MLB The Show 19 available for free for the first time they've ever done this uh, while for the current MLB game being <laughs> available for PlayStation Plus. Of course, the Major League Baseball playoffs Getting ready to start. Uh, of course, the Baltimore Orioles nowhere near uh, <laughs> being being a playoff team. I think they won like fifty two games or something like that out of a possible one hundred and sixty two <laughs> this year. Uh, but I'd be remiss. Carrie would be upset if I didn't mention that that her Washington Nationals will be uh, in the MLB playoffs this year. Uh, and then games with gold over on the Xbox. Uh, let's see here as it loads. I didn't even look at this beforehand. So. <laughs> <laughs> so basically you get uh on Xbox 1 you get Tembo the badass elephant who's going to be available from October 1st until October 31st and then you get Friday the 13th uh from October 15th until November the 15th and then your 360 games uh from the 1st through the 15th you get Disney's Bolt and from the 16th through the 31st uh, you get Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge, a.k.a. Uh, the least enjoyed of the Ninja Gaiden trilogy of games. Wow, this is not... Uh... You don't want to play Tembo the Badass Elephant? Uh, no, no, no. I think I'm good. It's never a nope. good sign when the article um, promoting the games with gold uses one of the 360 games as the feature, the featured image. <laughs> that's never. That's not what you want to see. Ever when you're doing uh, these uh, when you're doing these free games, you know what you do want to see our faces. That's correct. That's that's a, that's a, uh, were, were, you wait, were, were you were you waiting for uh, were you waiting for uh, plaudits for your segue? Uh, I, I mean, you know, I I thought it was pretty decent. And I'm not really <laughs> good at those. <laughs> Go to YouTube.com/slash Dense Pixels and subscribe. You get uh, clips of us. Uh, every week, um, go to t uh, densepixels.com slash premium to visit all of the TNP studios, premium offerings. Um, those include, uh, the best show, the men with the golden tongues. Um, the second best show, the full two hours plus of look forward, the political podcast with Jay and Andy. Uh, you get episodes of the airing of grievances where Jay and I discuss, uh, episodes of Seinfeld and, uh, relate them to our lives. And, um, I feel like I'm missing one. Oh, no time to bleed, uh, which is our action movie podcast, uh, review podcast. And, um, I think, I think I wasn't there. I think Jay uh, has done a we watch trash. Is that is uh, that the unofficial official fifth show in the premium uh the premium lineup? 
Yes, yes. The, a movie where uh, we sit down and watch just a garbage pail of, of a film uh, and make comments on it. Uh, don't quote me on that, but uh, if not, then I'll, I'll see if I can get him to, to, to do one. I, they were kicking around a, a movie that, um, that I would really much like to be on. So if they haven't done it, yeah. I want to I want to do Mortal Kombat too. Um <laughs> subscribe to all of the TMP Studios uh shows wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Very cool. And look, going back to the premium thing, uh if you're a politics junkie, uh there has never <laughs> ever been a better time to get into look forward than there is right now. Like you can go listen to the first hour for free. There's a look forward feed that's in that you can get wherever you get your podcast. To, if you want to preview it, but I'm telling you, if you even tangentially, ch- tangentially, there you go. Tangentially pay attention to podcast. Uh, go to densepixels.com/slash/premium. Put down your five dollars to try it for a month. Uh, you will not be disappointed. And we should have a new episode of Golden Tongues being recorded soon. Uh, very soon. So yes, very soon. Look forward to that as well. So, quick hits. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake got its box art. Now, the box art looks... I don't know why everyone was like going, losing their fucking shit over this. It looks like the same box art from Final Fantasy VII on PS1. I mean, uh, you know you know how those people are. They, they, anything, anything that is Final Fantasy VII. It could be a, a Final Fantasy VII moist towelette for your <laughs> butt. And they will be like, oh my god! It looks amazing. Right. It's it's just done it, it, like it's done in landscape view instead of like Instagram cropping view because that's what <laughs> PS1 cases looked like. So that's not what normally we don't talk about box arts because that's not, you know, notably news. However, in this case, uh, it is news because as Square has said, this is supposed to be part one of many Final Fantasy VII remake games because, of course, this game will only cover uh, the Midgar portion of the game. However... Looking at the box art, you would not know this because it just says Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, Micah, is this a lie of omission, or is this the only Final Fantasy VII Remake that we're getting? Both. <laughs> <laughs> this is, um, uh, you know, it, it, it. Look at a. Uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, right? Spider-Man Homecoming was the first Tom Holland Spider-Man movie, right? They didn't know. If, well, I guess they did know if they were gonna they were gonna do a sequel, but they didn't say part one. You know what I mean? I I, I can see them saying doing another one, saying Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. They did it for Final Fantasy X. They they called it Final That's Fantasy X Two. Oh no, they're gonna call the next one Final Fantasy VII Two. You know what? That's right. No, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake Dash, Dash two. 2. Oh, my God. They're going to put the remake before it, too, officially. And they've done it. This is not the only time because 13 also had uh, yeah. two and three versions. Yeah. Or actually, so, I guess Final Fantasy thirteen three was not Final Fantasy thirteen three. It was Final Fantasy thirteen Lightning Returns. Oh, all right. So Whatever. Uh, it'll be Final Fantasy VII Remake straight out of Midgard. so but yeah i mean all right it's it's the box art it looks exactly what i thought it would look like except it's brighter and not dark um look i'm still excited for the game 
Um, I just, uh, I'm not one of those people that's like Final Fantasy VII, like, birthed me. My, and I love it forever. My, the thing that I'm still very confounded about when it comes to this game is that this game, they've said, focuses on a section of Final Fantasy VII that you could play on the original version of the game in about six to eight hours. Yeah. One disc. It was one no, disc. It wasn't even one disc. The Midgar yeah, section right. was just the first. It, it was almost like an extended introduction to the game of sorts. Yeah, like you could right. you could almost argue the game really began once you got once out to the open out of world. Midgar. Right. Um, but they're saying that this is going to be a full length game experience that's as long as any other Final Fantasy game that's out there. So what the fuck are they going to pad this game, this disc with? Um, they're going to do um, it, it, the the dialogue and the cinematics are going to be um, fleshed out more. I guess that would certainly add a lot of time in having fully voiced dialogue scenes instead of text. Yeah, um, that's that's what they're going to do because I'm thinking about like like I have the scene in my head of when you get out of Midgar mm-hmm. and. You know, I thought they were, I thought they were lying, you know, because the perfect, wouldn't the perfect place to end this first game be with spoiler alert, Eris's death? Yeah, but that's way further on. So much happens between yeah, leaving Medgar and, right. and, and, and that actually happening. Yeah, you're right. And like, like, that, like you literally get to the Northern continent on the map before that happens. And that's after yeah. you traverse westward. In the first place. So how are they going to do any potential sequels that won't come out? No idea. (laughs) I'm assuming that instead of having an open an overworld that you can walk through, you're just going to be able to just like fast travel between locations, essentially. Yeah. You're going to have to, right? That's that's the only way that they can make that work. I think. And they said, uh, we'll, we'll find out in March how streamlined this is because they're like, oh yeah, this is going to be a streamlined version of the, of the Midgard part. And like, that's, you're going to, you're going to have to do an unstreamlined version of the Midgard part. You're going to, you're (laughs) going to, you're going to have to tease out a lot of these, uh, mundane, mundane scenes. Yeah. So I'm very curious to see how this little experiment plays out. We'll see. I actually like how the Turks were represented in the new trailer that they showed at TGS yeah. a couple weeks ago. I will yeah. admit. Like I said, my, my excitement for this game hovers at a solid, uh, solid above medium boil right now, essentially. Now that, uh, now that I see that it's coming out, um, um, and now that I've seen how it plays, I'm excited for it. Although they were like, yeah, and we're going to have a classic mode. Yeah, they, uh, we we talked about that. It's not not necessary. Yeah, uh, it's all right. Like, just make people play the game. Like, if you're getting this and then you play it in classic mode, like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, yo. Like, just just play the game. Like, it's it's available everywhere three times over. So, uh, all right. So Microsoft One or Microsoft One's Microsoft's Xbox One game streaming service, Project X Cloud is getting a public preview test in October. Uh, it's going to let players play games like Gears 5 and Halo 5 Guardians on their phones and tablet. Uh, if you want to get in on this preview, you can register for the closed beta on the xCloud 
website, beating Google Stadia to the punch, Micah, with mm. those sweet, sweet Xbox exclusives uh, that are apparently my, Gears of Hive is even more worthless because you can just play it for free now, I guess. Unless I guess you have to own the game. Unless you have to own the game uh, in order to participate in this uh, in this beta. Let's uh, let's hope that that's the case for the developers' sake. Because yeah, um, and even still, I'm not playing Gears on a phone. No, um, I'm not playing most games like this on a phone. I I don't. I don't know. I. Uh, the the first comment I see is um, this person says uh, this actually has me excited to see how they they will change the gaming landscape. Uh, our convenient pocket devices are more powerful to handle the inbound and outbound communications. Um, do you think that this is a do you think that this is a a, a, a step forward? Like this is the direction that gaming is going in now? I don't. I, I think having the same experience on multiple screens, yes. Um, but no, I mean, you're not going to be the dude whipping out your fucking phone with your controller mount to play Gears Five on the train. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of setup, man. Yeah. Like that's that's I re- I remember um, you know PlayStation has their 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 app where you can turn on your PlayStation and, and use the iPad or the iPhone or whatever, you know, portable device you have. And, um, it works, but it's not like, I, I can't play, I can't play games like that. So it, it feels, it feels to me like this is almost a, like a novelty use situation. Like we've talked before about Stadia. Like I could see this being useful if you go on like vacation, but you don't want to have to bring your game console with you, but you still want to have access to your games or so, or if you're going like an on, on an out of town trip and you'll have access to decent Wi-Fi, so that you can take advantage of this. Like that's useful, I guess, but it's, it's such a niche case. Like there, I can't think of any instance where if I'm home, I would opt to play on a different device as opposed to my big screen. Yeah. That doesn't make a lot of sense. No, so. it doesn't. So, Oh, quick, uh, quick aside, um, non sequitur. Uh, I got hands on a switch light. Finally. Um, uh-huh. that is a mighty comfortable device. Really? I must say it's, it, well, the, the size is like perfect. Um, the triggers are better than the ones. They're a little bit more, uh, they feel a little bit more analog, a little bit more mechanical than the than the ones on the Joy-Cons do. They and, feel like actual triggers. Yeah, and the D-pad is also uh, a nice a welcome uh change from the uh the four button layout on the Switch controller. Micah, I I'm loath to tell you to spend any more money on anything. <laughs> but for your specific use case, it's not bad. Huh. As far as like comfort and feel in the hand, and, and this is coming from you know me with big hands who finds the regular switch to be a little, a little uncomfortable, yeah, to hold on in portable mode. Yeah, I, I I'm not buying that thing. Um, you know, I I almost wonder if you could. Well, you you actually dock yours at home, don't you? Yeah, okay. I dock it because I need to charge it. Like I took it to work today, 
and um, I, I, I played it for a couple of hours, but then I docked it when I got home mm-hmm. because you know I, it takes a long time to charge. But do you ever play on the? the do you ever play on the TV though? Uh, it depends on the game. Okay. Yeah, it depends on the game. Like I bought um, Dragon Quest Eleven, mm-hmm. and um, I haven't really gotten into it. That's why I didn't talk about it yet. But um, I can't see me playing that on um, in handheld mode. I I bought Bulletstorm because <laughs> I I'm know dumb. You, talk, you talked about that a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, and there's no way I'm playing any type of twin stick anything on on that in handheld mode. I can't do it. I have no idea how uh, Overwatch is going to work on that thing. But um, yeah, we'll see. Good luck to them. We'll see. They should make that fucking docked only. Right. <laughs> no, no handheld mode available. Um, so yeah, Project X Cloud. If you're looking forward to that, go sign up for the beta, and you can let us know uh, how it works. So Call of Duty. Let me tell you something. Call of Duty series bringing back a hard, or bringing a hard hitting campaign to the mix, getting rid of the season pass, enabling cross play. For the first time ever, one of the biggest games in the world enabling cross-platform play for multiplayer. All of these things endearing themselves to the Call of Duty community and the game community. But it's Activision. You know that they're going to fuck up somewhere along the line. And sure enough, they have. Turns out, the fourth mode in the game, the Spec Ops Survival Mode, is going to be exclusive to the PlayStation 4 for one year from launch. Jesus. So, uh, <laughs> as you might expect, Micah, uh, PC and Xbox One players are not happy. Yeah, your bread and butter. The uh, <laughs> the people that got you to the dance. <laughs> I can imagine them being a bit pissed. Uh, one massively upvoted uh, post on the Call of Duty subreddit said, quote, a new Call of Duty game will be releasing when this is out on Xbox and PC. What the fuck? I'm and another quote uh, that the the conspiracy the tin hats are on in Reddit on the Call of Duty subreddit. Micah, I'm almost certain this was part of Activision's deal with Sony to have cross platform play in Modern Warfare. <laughs> uh, this seems like a tremendous unforced error. Yeah. Tremendous unfortunate. <laughs> and and look, I understand why they did it. They have an, they have a deal with Sony in place of you know of that that PlayStation gets exclusive content because there's a marketing partner. And d- being as you're not doing a season pass anymore, the you know month long, which turned into week long exclusivity for multiplayer maps with the last Call of Duty, uh, is not as enticing of a uh, of a draw. I guess you can say so. I guess they needed something else. I suppose I should commend them for um, not gating certain weapons behind the PlayStation or certain mods or things of that nature. But man, way to squander a ton of goodwill uh, that you had just done a tremendous amount of work building in your community with this. <laughs> Meanwhile, over at Bungie, they are literally popping bottles. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, I would almost want like exclusive guns and stuff like that. 
instead of like an entire game mode. I see this tweet from um, this one dude. Who I, says, I was I was gonna read the the Taylor Kurosaki tweet. He he is a uh, let's see he is a bah, 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 the narrative director for Infinity Ward. Uh, quote: Let's be honest, ruining is an exaggeration in in uh, response to the implication that they're ruining this game. Uh, survival is 1% of the game. The other 99% is simultaneously day and date across all platforms. I'd rather have everyone playing 99% of the content at the same time than 100% of the content uh, sometime later. Now, to me, this underlies the the main point. If it's such an insignificant part of the game... Right, then what's the big deal? Right, like- why are you... Why are you fucking up like this for, for <laughs> such an, for, and, and if it is such an insignificant part of the game, why would anyone play it anyway? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so good job, uh, infinity ward. And I'm sure this will blow over. So when the game comes out, people will be yeah. excited to play it, but it just, you know, we, we say a- any news is good news is the old, uh, is the old adage, but, not in the game industry. Sometimes no. there's not. Sometimes <laughs> there's legitimately not good news. Um, the last story of the week, Micah, you're going to have to speak on eloquently because this, when you read this headline, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So maybe you could describe uh, what the fuck's going to be going on. Mortal Kombat 11 is going to be adding three player co-op raids to Mortal Kombat 11. So what this is, is, um, uh, it's a game mode that is basically uh, an asymmetrical multiplayer experience. Mm-hmm. So you have a so in the in the towers you'll have a raid boss, and you and three friends. Uh, I don't know if they have to be your friends, but you and three friends can go in and do damage to this boss, and I believe you can do it at any time. Uh, when I was looking at the combat cast, they, um, they were talking about people doing it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, uh, all like say you, myself and Terrence are all fighting this boss at the same time. We're all damaging. And the boss has it's just like massive amounts of health, right? right? Like there's no way you are going to win this in one sitting, but we are all doing damage to the boss at the same time. And you can kind of compete with one another to see who is damaging the boss more and, uh, you know, all this, all this wacky stuff. It's basically an asymmetrical multiplayer experience. So you're not directly fighting this main boss, correct? No, you are, you are fighting, you are fighting this boss when you go into the tower, right? You are fighting this boss. And you are doing whatever damage to it. Let's say you end up doing 575 damage to the boss who has 1 million mm-hmm. hit points. Uh, I don't know if you can go right back in it or if it's uh, gated off you know, per time. Like a couple of mobile games that I play have this same type of, of setup where you are in an alliance. You have to defeat a rancor it's a star wars game you have to defeat a rancor your your team uh your group of characters goes in and does as much damage to the rancor as possible 
someone else's team does as much damage to the rancor as possible at the end of the day the all of the or not at the end of the day but at the end of the match uh your match your damage gets tabulated and you find out how much damage the boss has left same thing with the other person and then eventually all that will sync up um it's I've seen it done before and I can, I can, I I think it's very interesting. Um, it is, it is that I would have to kind of see it in action. Yeah. Um, Because the word, so it's interesting that they're calling it team raids because that word raid has a very specific connotation in gaming as it is. Like, Like when I hear raid, whether it's a destiny raid whether it's like a World of Warcraft raid or whether it's like a raid boss that like Borderlands has, for example, I'm thinking like the hardest pinnacle content that the game has to offer. And I'm thinking something different in terms of unique mechanics or like a unique style of gameplay that you have to kind of, kind of go with. Like I know like the Borderlands raid bosses often, are in arenas that you could actually get launched out of um, mm. to your team's detriment. So, like, if you're going in solo, it's much more difficult. But if you're working with a team, you have to hurry up and get back in there before the boss, you know, cleans out your your crew, basically. So, th- I, like I said, I'd have to see this, whatever this mode is. Like, I'd have to see it in front of me to understand how it works. Um, Honestly, I think it's I th- it, it's it's basically you are fighting – uh, uh, an Uber level opponent. And but, but how do you like, do you win that match? Do you deal as much damage as you can and then die? And then whatever yeah, you deal as much damage as you can, uh, until you die and you keep going at it. And that's, and this is the, the, the tricky part. I don't know if you are allowed to go right back in. Right. Normally with stuff like this, you're not allowed to go right back in. You, you are, you are gated off for a certain amount of time. Um, in my mobile games, your gate, once you die, you can't go back until the server reset, which is midnight. Okay. So you, with this, I'm thinking the same thing. You might not be able to go back in until the server reset at 11 AM Eastern. And then you can try again and you keep doing it until a, the tower expires Mm. or B you kill the boss. And then when you kill the boss, you get like you know, a bunch of different stuff. And, and the way Mortal Kombat is set up, um, they already have, they already have every battle is like a gimmick battle, right? Like right. every, you know, the, the, so I can see the boss having, you know, touch of fire and, you know, darkness or whatever, where, where the screen will suddenly go black or something like that. It it's, they already have that mechanic in the game. So, this is just kind of the next logical step. And they already kind of, they already have, um, you know, stronger opponents in the thing in the game. You just need two people in order to do it. And then it's like Mortal Kombat tag team. Do you care but, enough about this new mode to check it out when it, when it drops? No, uh, no not at all. Okay. I can't look, look, I like Mortal Kombat uh, 11. What I don't, I, I, but the thing I hate about it is the thing that they're touting the most and it's all the gimmicks. I don't want, I don't want to, to have to dodge missiles coming at me. I don't want to have to 
be wary that if I get too close to the opponent, I'm going to freeze and be helpless. I don't want to worry about the fact that if I touch the the opponent, then I'm going to be set on fire. Like that shit is fucking frustrating, man. Like it just, I just want to, I just want to fight. That's it. I just want to fight. And then they're like, well, you can use these augments to counteract all the stupid stuff. Well, then if I'm using augments to counteract all the stupid shit, how would you just take all the stupid shit out? Like, I just want to fight, yo. Like, it's a fighting game. Your fighting game engine is good enough that it should be able to sustain uh, um, just just the regular match. There should be enough nuance within your fighting engine that you don't have all these stupid fucking gimmicks, man. No, I will not be checking this out. I, I think it's kind of... I. It's interesting. I think it's fucking dumb. And, and, I, and I hate it. I was not expecting to uh, – that's a fly out of the box when I opened yeah, it up. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of uh, – well, no, I'm, that's not – that's a terrible segue. No, you can absolutely to, segue that. Are you kidding me? Speaking of boxes, speaking of gold boxes. Uh, speaking speaking of, of stupid stuff, go to <laughs> com slash Amazon and, uh, and do all of your Amazon shopping um, there, when you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon, um, to, to make all your Amazon purchases, uh, a portion of those purchases go to us so that we can keep the lights on, uh, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon. Uh, what's, let me see if I can find something. I think Spider-Man comes out, um, by the time you're listening to this Spider-Man the Mysterio edition. I forget the far from, the, far from home. How do I know? That? Yes. You, far from you home. Jesus Thank you. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so go there, go to densepixels.com slash Amazon and go buy yourself Spider-Man far from home, but pick free super saver shipping when you do it. Cause you don't need that shit tomorrow. You can wait until Friday. <laughs> Save that old man from running around the Amazon warehouse. Um, so we're not going to talk borderlands quite yet. Cause we have to talk about state of play. Sony had their state of play uh, news conference or video conference or whatever the fuck you want to refer to it as. Uh, And so I will give this over to Micah, who did not watch the conference, yet he's going to tell us the news. Yeah, this is going to be very, very uh, interesting. Um, We kicked off with the reveal of Humanity, a mysterious new title being developed by THA Limited. Yeah, they're the same folks that did... um, Fuck, I don't remember. They they did something else of note for PlayStation. Um, I will fight, figure that out as you move forward. Then we launched into a deluge of uh, new reveals and updates on long-awaited games like Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Medieval, uh, the demo is out, uh, Civilization VI finally coming to PS4, and Arise, a simple story. Um, you also get the October PlayStation uh, Plus games lineup, uh, which uh, Brad spoke about before, The Last of Us Remastered and uh, MLB The Show 19. Um, very uh, convenient that The Last of Us Remastered is coming out. Uh, are you going to give that game another shot? No. Yeah, I, 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 ain't, I ain't doing it either. Uh, it's not even scary. It's just like tense for no damn reason. Yeah, I... When we get to Last of Us 2, um, I have some thoughts as to why. I, I figured out why I don't like that game, but we were, uh, or why I don't like the, the that series. 
Excellent. Uh, if you're in the market for a new PS4 Pro, we've got some bad news. Kojima Productions' upcoming <laughs> Death Stranding is getting a, a beautiful limited edition bundle featuring a one terabyte PS4 Pro console in an eye gouging translucent orange DualShock 4, mirroring the style of the game's BB Pod. Um, and also piss. <laughs> But you can also do it in the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to think that the controller is inspired by the fact that you can pee um, in Death Stranding. So, first of all, um, the folks the the THA Limited, um, the folks that are doing Humanity, they did Res and Tetris Effect as well. Okay. Um, so that's the kind of that's the kind of game you're looking at there. Um, so these so every limited edition console looks fine. Um, this is actually one of the few that actually looks different in the front, so you have something different to look at um, yeah. when, when you look at it. Every single special edition PlayStation controller, as cool as the controller is, is always ruined by the controller backing be having to be like the solid color that's kind of close to the color that the controller is, but not really. Close yeah. to the color of the, the controllers. Like, I have the crystal clear one, and that one is cool, but, like, the backing is, like, silver. doesn't really match the rest of the controller. Um, the gold one is the worst defender. Like, the gold one has, like, that chrome gold on the front, but then it's got this, like, gross, like, fucking off yellow. Like, like almost like a fucking, like, the color you'd paint your bedroom kind of yellow yeah. on the back. <laughs> Um, this, this one suffers the same thing where, like, so the controller is piss colored, and then it has, like, an orange background. Um, which I guess is appropriate because it's that tank orange that, uh, that you carry the little baby yeah. thing around in. I don't fucking yeah. know. It's also the color of the, um, of the embryonic fluid that's in that pack. No, that it's you piss. Carry the baby. With. It's piss. <laughs> um, drink some water, was- Norman Reedus. That's that pee is too yellow. <laughs> Uh, you get a sneak peek. Uh, you got a sneak peek of upcoming PS uh, PlayStation VR games, including Gorn, Espire One VR Operative, After the Fall, LA Noir, The Case Files, because that's what I need as a black man to be in a, a virtual <laughs> 1940s, um, and Space Channel Five, kind of funky news flash. Um, Finally, we they ended the episode with a new trailer for The Last of Us Part Two, and I didn't even bother to watch it because I'm not, I'm I'm just not into this series. We are, uh, so you and I are like the oddities here because everyone loves Apparently. The Last of Us. Uh, it's coming out February 21st, by the way. That was the big, uh, big reveal at the end of the trailer. Um, I like to have fun when I play games. You know, it's not fun. Being stressed out all the time and being sad all the time about what's going on inside of the game. Um, The Last of Us was a very, like I said, it was was a landmark game. Can't deny that. Did very cool things with gameplay, with storytelling. Kind of, well, not necessarily new, not not a new story, but you know. Yeah, I've seen Children of Men. Right, right, right. But the game's a downer. Like, it's a big downer. You got fucking people, like, like it's, it's a depressing environment. People 
that you like dying all the time. You're fucking stressed because you don't have any equipment in your backpack ever. Um, and again, that's the whole point of that game. You're not supposed to feel powerful. I get it. Yeah. But there's a reason that I don't play Resident Evil anymore either. Like, I don't feel like being stressed out about zombies coming after me. You know why I like playing Destiny? You know why I like playing Borderlands? Because you're a fucking badass rolling around with an arsenal of crazy space weapons slaughtering right. things. Right. You're throwing out flaming knives at people out of thin air. Right. You know what I mean? And again, if you like, you know, the tragedy that is The Last of Us, uh, that's your prerogative. I don't begrudge you. But uh, that's not why I play video games. I I um I don't need, uh, and I'm not saying that this is you, but I don't need... Um, you know, a story to be happy in the end, you know, as long as it's a good story. Um, I, I usually prefer the stories with like twisted monkey Paul style, you know, fucked up endings, but I I enjoy, I, I I don't mind watching them. I don't want to experience it. You know what I mean? Well, and and, and I'm glad you brought that up because obviously like a good story is going to have. Highs and lows, but the key point right. is highs and lows, not <laughs> just lows the entire right. time. Right. So. You know, it just, uh, maybe, and maybe it's just, you know, you're, it's your birthday today. You're getting old. You're feeling your age. Yeah. Like, ah, uh, you know, I don't, I don't need all that. I'm, I'm, I want to, I want to have a good time, folks. Oh, the other, uh, the other big thing you miss by not watching the trailers that Joel is in the game. Like he is alive. Uh, he is there doing stuff. Now, wasn't Joel like a piece of shit by the end of that of that first game? I don't think he was a piece of shit. I think that a lot of people disagreed with his choice that he made. Um, but I he can, wasn't. I can a, barely remember. He it. wasn't a dickhead. I don't think. Okay, I I can I can barely I can barely remember it. But look, if you're happy, if you're excited. Uh, more power to you, man. You know, and I'm and I'm and I'm sure, by the way, that Final Fantasy and uh, and Watch Dogs Legion are throwing up the middle finger over <laughs> at Sony right now because, uh, man, the next spring is going to be really fucking stacked. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, very like there's a guy naked on a chair getting tortured. Like, uh, I mean, to I be, don't need I, to see this. I mean, look. Th- to be fair, that specific scenario. You and I really can't complain about because that's in one of our favorite movies. I mean, look <laughs> again, it's a movie. Like, I don't want to experience, like, well, I don't want to expect, like, yo, all right, look, there's a shot of Ellie fighting off a dog. Fuck you. I'm not playing this game. Oh, bro. no, apparently, I'm yeah, dogs are, dogs are like legit in the, nah, uh, like legit nah. enemies in this game. Nah, I'm fucking terrified of fucking, nah, yo. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. I don't need to experience this. You know, fifteen-year-old girl pulling arrows out of her shoulder and 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 getting attacked by fucking vicious fucking wolves and dogs and shit. Nah, man, nah, that's too much. That's too much stress, man. It's too much stress. So that was state of play. Uh, no mention of the supposed Batman game that may or may not be coming from WB Montreal, to the surprise of many. So we will have to stay tuned for news of that. Uh so if you don't want to hear Borderlands spoilers, um, if you don't want to hear about the Borderlands 3 endgame, uh, this is your chance to eject from the podcast. This is going to be the last thing that we talk about this week. So if you uh, if you tune out or hit pause and come back to it after you beat the game, uh, then we'll see you next week. Um, but yeah, me and Micah have both played 
uh, or both finished Borderlands 3, the main story. Uh, we are both, Micah is level 50. Uh, I'm almost at level 50. Uh, we have started our foray into the end game content. So I figure we could talk a little bit about the, the story of Borderlands 3, uh, which I actually found to be in totality probably the best one that they've done so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if there was no character with the charisma of a handsome Jack. Um, it was very much greater than the sum of its parts. It was. And then um and then we'll talk about the end game and and how we're enjoying that and and how much we see that uh being part of our future. Um let's talk about the story first. Uh I was surprised when Maya died as early as she did. Um but I didn't care uh, that much either. I uh I was not surprised because um they it's the exact same beats as Roland's death. All of a sudden, this character who you had the opportunity to play as in a previous game, uh, all of a sudden, this person has a bunch of fucking personality and jazz hands <laughs> and all over the place. And, oh, hey, I'm going to come on a mission with you. Like, And it's somewhere, it feels like it's, you know, the culmination of the end of an act. Yeah, I knew she was a goner from I, I knew she was I had a suspicion that she was a goner when she escorted you on your mission. And um once we fought the um the creature in that first vault, I'm like, all right, well, this feels like the right story beat given um Maya is a uh a mother figure to this to this child who mm-hmm. will ultimately you know, become a siren also like, yeah, this is, she, she ain't long for this world. Well, that's probably why they did it in the first third of the game. Because like you said, it's kind of repeating a same pattern, um, from borderlands Two. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say that the fights against the vault monsters, um, generally were pretty good. Even though the ravager one was a bit tedious, uh, if your loadout wasn't set optimally for sure. Yeah. Um, really like those, the boss fights, for the most part, uh, I really did enjoy, uh, of course the best one in the game, probably the fight against the agonizer 9,000. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I, when I, when I first started, uh, that mission, I'm like, yo, I know I've heard that guy's voice before. Mm-hmm. Like where, where, who is this? And then, um, when I got into, when I got into the thing, I was like, oh, okay, that's Pendulette because I, I know the sound of, I know the sound of the world's most famous, one of the world's most famous uh, magician libertarians. And, um, and it was, it was cute to see them in the game. It was. Uh, and, and they were pretty much just playing themselves in yeah. like, like a Borderlands. Either. <laughs> that fight was just really, really fun though. Like, like the fights that I enjoyed the most are the ones that had actual uh, mechanics to them. Like that, that like the fight against the agonizer, like it had different attacks that you had to, be very wary of and actually use some of your different skills, like your slide and, and things of that nature in order to, to get past them. Um, yeah. I also like the introduction for that. Like it was very much like a, you know, like, Hey, we want to kill you, but we also got a show to put on here. So go ahead and pick your entrance music before you come in and, and <laughs> like all this kind of shit. Like that whole carnivore section, uh, was, was a pretty cool part of the game. I thought, yeah. um, Obviously, there's some not so great bosses, and there's some that were just bullet sponges as well. Like, like as much as I enjoy the Captain Trant character, um, I did not enjoy his <laughs> boss fight all that much because yeah. it just seemed like I was just unloading like a 
immense amount of bullets into him and then uh, hopefully not dying from his little elemental shit that he had going on in the game. Yeah. When, uh, when, when the boss is just a bigger version of an enemy, (laughs) you know, this, this particular fight isn't going to be interesting. Right. Um, the end boss I thought was pretty good, even though I did not struggle too much. Uh, I didn't die on either Troy or against Tyrene. I had more trouble with Troy than I did Tyrene. Interesting. Yeah. With Troy, I mean, with, with both of them to some extent, but Troy, especially, I just stayed on the move. Like I just kept strafing him essentially. And he, and none Mm -hmm. of his attacks really, really touched me um, Mm. too much. So that was, that was pretty easy. Um, as far as final bosses in Borderlands goes, um, I guess Tyrene was the most difficult, but that's only because I cheesed the shit out of the final boss fights in the other two Borderlands games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just duck behind that that one in that one corner in the first Borderlands, right? And in the second one, you could kind of just hang out on the side of the arena, and like the yeah. lava attacks would never would never get to you and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's uh. So I kind of cheesed my way through those. So this one I actually had to do legit because there was nowhere to hide um, on that platform that you fought her on. And I did appreciate that they had the the different attacks that she would switch up to. And they had the climbing portion um, of the boss fight as well to try to angle up to her weak spot. It was almost, almost uh, you know, Shadow of the Colossus-ish, but on the most rudimentary level possible <laughs> Yeah, in some ways. <laughs> um, yeah, so overall the story was solid. Um, I did enjoy, uh, Tannis <laughs> getting revealed as a siren. Like that was, that was actually somewhat unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't really see that coming. Um, the ending with Lilith was very interesting. I, I'm, I'm not sure what to really, I feel like that's going to be addressed in DLC in some way, shape or form further on down the line. Yeah. I guess she's, I guess she's gone. I I guess. But, um, what a wonderful excuse to play a, an Alicia Keys. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes, like I, like part of me, like conspiracy theory me, feels like they got the rights of that song, and they were like, let's just write an ending around it. Like let's just give Lilith her powers back so that you know we can we can have an excuse to play this song. Um, but yeah, I I I pretty much agree with you. I I enjoyed the story. You know the characters. They, um, they, they kind of got on your nerves. They, they started to grate on my nerves uh, a little bit, but they were supposed to, and much like, much like a a good wrestling heel, Mm -hmm. like you're supposed to hate them. And then you come around and you eventually love them. Like they're the Baron Corbins of the fucking Borderlands universe. You know what I mean? I will say that I did, I did enjoy like the Typhon De Leon character actually throughout the entire game. Like for some reason, like yeah. having having that dude um, be somewhat the Indiana Jones of the of the Borderlands <laughs> universe is pretty fucking funny because like it's it's like some dude from Queens basically <laughs> essentially. Um, and and like I said, tying him in with the with the villains of the game was also I think an interesting uh, plot twist that. Probably should have been predictable, but at the same time, because yeah, they I don't mean, really address it too much during the game, it does come out of left field a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I was, I it caught, it caught me. I didn't, I wasn't expecting it, and uh, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense. Um, he reminded me of that bagel dude 
who got yelled at that <laughs> for being short. He's like <laughs> like like the more assured version of that guy, basically. Like the like the yeah, not uh like like look what happens if you just walk around with big dick energy, dude. Like <laughs> you, <laughs> you could be the first vault hunter instead of, you know, this angry little man at a bagel shop. His his little like his little echo logs that you find scattered throughout the universe are just fucking because like every story that he tells is so like matter of fact. But yeah. but but like some of the shit that's happening there is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, even like the story of him consummating his marriage. Like <laughs> like yeah, we smashed the boss, and then I smashed it. Like oh my wife in the bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like all right, dude. <laughs> like I love the fact that he even created like a boudoir inside of one of the vaults. Basically, yeah. <laughs> shit's hilarious. Yeah, so for for the most part, the story, like I said, was was definitely the most cohesive um, of any in the Borderlands series. Um, Ice T was fun. Uh, I'm glad they got him for more than just a mere cameo yeah, in the game because yeah. that was that was pretty <laughs> that was pretty humorous um, to just basically have him playing Ice T, but inside of a, a pink bear, essentially. <laughs> but it was good stuff. So basically, as soon as the as soon as the game ended, um, I. Went right to Mayhem mode and and t- put on Mayhem One. I've been running around on Mayhem One um, since the game ran out. That's been that's been a pretty good way to kind of keep your keep your energy up so that you're not just running past enemies. Well, I mean, sometimes you still run past enemies, but you feel like it, like when you engage with enemies, um, it's worth doing because you actually might still get a decent amount of XP, a decent amount of loot from them, um, mm-hmm. which is which is something you could not do in the other Borderlands games unless you were playing on True Vault Hunter. Yeah. Um so that part's been nice and I've really been enjoying the proving grounds so far. Um that's a pretty good piece of end game content. I don't know how long that enjoyment will last because it is pretty much there's not much to it. Like you just go in there. Um I've been doing I've been doing match made proving grounds, so I'm usually going in with a full team of people that I just pick up online and just slay the shit out of monsters, basically or slay the shit out of enemies and you get a lot of loot. Um, even on, on mayhem one, like I'm basically gaining a level in my late forties, every two proving grounds. So that's been a very efficient way to, to level up. It gets you a shitload of cash. It gets you a shitload of, of other loot. I'm getting tons of guardian levels from it. So like, that's been a very efficient manner of going through the game. And I've been clicking off and doing side quests here or there as well, because I, this is a, a achievable platinum trophy. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to kind of do everything and hopefully we can get that knocked out. Yeah. Within the next uh couple weeks here. Um so so far the end game's been satisfying. Now I want to talk about Circle of Slaughter real quick, and I know you wanted to as well. So yeah. I never really did Circle of Slaughter in Borderlands 2. So this Circle of Slaughter is kind of like the horde mode in the game. Um yeah. I did not know that apparently there's like permadeath in Circle of Slaughter. So like when you're in there with your team. If you die and you don't get revived, you're basically out until the next wave of enemies comes in. And if your team gets wiped, then you failed that yeah. that round, I guess. That round, and you have to start the round over. Right. So um I've only been doing Circle of Slaughter. Interesting. I have I have not done the proving grounds yet. Now are you doing that with people or are you doing it solo? I'm doing it with people, okay. with randos. Interesting. And um, are you I've on? Are you on mayhem it. mode? 
Yes, and I have completed it on Mayhem 1. Um, but I've only completed one of them on Mayhem 1, and that is the Cistern of Slaughter, the one where you fight all of the animals, all of the creatures. Um, I've tried the Slaughterhouse or whatever it is, the second one. The second one is very difficult. Maybe and that's right, Aaron, because when I... When I did matchmaking, I've only done it once. And when I did the matchmaking, it was the second one that they dropped me into. The second one locks you out and you can't do anything about it. You can run up and try to help your team from the sniper's position. But even still, you could die. You know, Mm -hmm. like if the enemies catch your aggro, they will fucking shoot at you and you can die in the base. Um, If you go into the Cistern of Slaughter... I, at first I thought it was glitched, right? Mm-hmm. But apparently it's not. You go down an elevator, and if you die, you can just keep going back. As long as there's somebody alive on your team, mm-hmm. you can keep going back. And that has been where I, I rack up the levels and the loot. Uh, you put it on Mayhem 1. Like if you, if you do the regular level, you're just going to get you know, greens all over the place. Right. But if you put it on Mayhem 1, um, every couple of minutes a legendary will drop. Um, and all of that stuff is super expensive. So you could pick it all up, sell it, and get like a million bucks, right? Um, that is the one that I would go to. It's it's also the it's also the easiest, right? You like don't really fighting, have a choice though. Like when you do matchmaking, doesn't it just dump you into one or the well, other. You know, you know what you you know what you can do. You can quit right back out that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you can either quit out and try to roll again, or you can um you can go to the cistern of slaughter and set your um set your uh, your privacy to open. How long uh, does it usually take you to get folks in your game when you do that? Um, I've only done that once. I think it's quicker to just hop out and hop back in mm-hmm. especially because the only bad part is if you hop out and hop back in they boot you all the way to your character select um instead of you know sanctuary where you can just do other things mm-hmm. but yeah i would just hop out and hop back in uh and i really really enjoy it actually um that second one is a kick in the dick though like it's it's and I haven't done the third one yet. I haven't uh, I haven't um, found the 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 guy. That I think there's only that. two. No, there's three. Is there there's, three? There's, okay. Yeah, there's one in an area that looks like uh, where you fought the uh, the ninja ball. Okay, um, you should try the proving grounds. Um, they are fun. I think it's it's more like a. I don't want to say a low intensity version of Circle of Slaughter, but it just I don't know. Like it, I I like the pace of them. A little mm-hmm. bit better. Um, the only downside with the proving grounds is you have to activate them first. Well, at least you have oh. to activate the first one. Like once you activate the first one, you can you can queue up for the other ones. Um, mm-hmm. But if you want to get them in your game, you have to actually find the different pedestals. It doesn't take very long. They put them on the map um, for you to seek out, but you do have to still go turn them on. Essentially. Oh, okay. All so right. The, 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 fir- the first one's in Devil's Razor. You have to do that one first before you can do any of the other ones. All right. Yeah, well, that's fun. Wow. All the way in Devil's Row. Okay. Yeah. All right. I could do that. Um, but yeah, Circle of Slaughter. That's where I've been. And that's where I've um, 
like I would just hop in there if I was under level mm-hmm. because you know I was really trying to to burn through these levels um very quickly. So I would hop in there if I was under leveled and because some of the side quests, the side quests are fine, right? But some of them are really long. And I'm like, mm, I don't feel, I don't have time to do this. I gotta I gotta hit fifty before Tuesday. Um some of them are a lot of fun though. Like I'm 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 enjoying the ones um I actually enjoy playing the longer ones because they are the ones with the better stories and and, sure. and usually the most absurdity. Um sure. like like the two second ones for the most part are kind of kind of banal. Uh I did like the Chad one. Um that was pretty fucking funny. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, the the multi part ones like I just did the um the one where the dinosaurs and the fucking jabbers are feuding with each other. And so like you have to basically deliver messages to them and then you end up meeting, you know, the jabber leader and the fucking dinosaur leader in like a three way like cage <laughs> match essentially to see who the superior, uh, superior being is pretty fucking funny. I'll have to go back. I have a ton of side quests and I'll have to go back and, and do them. Uh, if I can, if I can muster up the energy to go back and do those side quests, then I will, um, then yeah, I might just go ahead and try for that platinum. Uh, cause that's the, that's the only time consuming part. Cause there are a ton of side quests, but see the side quests, like if you wanted to, you could kick off mayhem mode and just trash yep. them. Like if you really wanted to. Yeah, i I might, I might, but I, yeah, I might actually do that. So cause now that I'm 50, like there's no point. Right. Um, other than farming legendaries, but that's about it. So, yeah, I, um, uh, I call myself being slick. I'm like, Oh, okay. I got this. Cause I got, I bought the borderlands, you know, season pass or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, and you get, uh, you get legendaries with it. So I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm just going to wait till I'm level 50 and then I'll open the mail. So nah, that it's all level I can 10. Get, yeah, it's, yep, all level 10 it's all, it's all worthless past level 10. I have a level 50 gun. And all of the perks stop at level 10. So now I can't even equip it on a different character because it's a level 50 gun. God damn it. A uh, couple, any favorite legendaries so far? Um, not particularly. There's one, uh, there's one submachine gun that I kind of like because um, I'm playing an elemental Amara and it's even more elemental damage mm-hmm. with added melee. And like, I, I'm all the way down the orange. I'm all the way down the elemental tree. I'm halfway down the, um, the mystic assault tree. And I only went to the brawl tree just for the, for the health regen. Um, because the first time that I fought Trout, I was, I was under level and I needed, I needed a health regen. Um, that's my that's my build. Uh, I love I love status effects and shit like that. Yeah. Like all these Amara brawl players, like I ah, I don't understand you. Uh, give me give me give me status elements all day. You and I did the same kind of same build. I went all the way down the blue tree instead, uh-huh. and most of the way down the red tree or the orange tree, as it were. Um, I'm still using phase slam with the phase grasp kicker. Where an yeah. enemy that gets damaged by it gets grasped if they don't die, which has been yeah. uh, which has been handy. Um, both legendary Jacobs revolvers are excellent. I sent you the one. Oh uh, yes, once it once it me. became I, I do actually like that. Once it became uh, useless to me, the, the fucking flood, which lets you unload six shots in half a second. 
<laughs> automatically. Um, and then I got another I got another Jacobs revolver today. Um, that's the normal like five shot revolver, but every shot ricochets like twenty bullets to other enemies. So like if you're fighting people in a crowd, um, it just murders everybody essentially as you go. <laughs> um, both Hyperion shotguns are great. The one I think is called the Bruiser. Uh, it's got a 13 round mag and you can auto fire all 13 shots in like two and a half seconds. Basically, yeah. uh, there's another one. Uh, it's like the cash loaded. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a lightning gun that basically it's a lightning shotgun that when you shoot people, um, it chains lightning to any enemy that's in the vicinity as well. So again, if you walk into a crowd of enemies with that shotgun, you could just melt the shit out of everybody, like shoot one <laughs> guy and kill and kill everyone around that person as well. Um, those have been the best ones so far. There was the, uh, the damned, uh, assault rifle, which is pretty good. Um, that lights, uh, targets on fire. Um, trying to think of the other, the other ones I really like. Those have been, uh, I got the hex grenade as well, which you can throw basically like when you throw the hex grenade out, it's a shot grenade and it kind of just creates like a coil, like a Tesla coil around the enemy. And if you throw multiple, it'll just keep like, you'll just see like a fucking, circle of uh of electricity surrounding anyone that's near them essentially yeah yeah i've seen other people use them in the circle of slaughter and it's 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 blinding (laughs) when you have multiple people using those things man like it's just i was like jesus christ like this is this is this is fucking amazing no slowdown like like the game in some aspects performs well but in other aspects like i need to get to my menu real quick to change from yeah and it's and it's weird because i'm i'm even in like performance mode on a ps4 pro and it's still it still has the slowdowns it still has this king like i wonder if i should just put it on resolution mode because i think when you do that it locks it at like 30 fps and then yeah that's it so it's still it's still a bit of an issue Okay. But, uh, are you are you in resolution mode on yours? Uh, I am now because I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. Like, <laughs> the game is still going to perform like this, so let me just let me let me get uh, the most bang for my buck uh, in terms of graphical fidelity and and um, but yeah, I'm I'm bringing up a gunner next because mm-hmm. um, you know I usually bring up gunners. Um, I usually do those first. Apparently, I should have done that first because Mose is. Moses, um, Moses and Flack are the ones that you can just fucking blow through the game. Yeah, every um, every gunner, every gunner that I've paired with in Proving Grounds, like, is using like the one HP build for Moses, where she has like one health, but the mechs out all the time, essentially. Oh yeah, um, which is interesting. Yeah, and um, but but uh, I'm I'm interested to bring up that, and by the time I I level Moses up, they'll they'll nerf her. Uh, don't nerf her. Uh, you're not playing against people, so there's no reason to nerf anybody. Yeah, I don't think they're going to nerf a whole lot. I mean, there's one perk in the guardian rank tree that they had to nerf a little bit, but it's all it's all the way down the attack side. So yeah. it's something we don't have to worry about for a little while because we don't play that much. Like we're not playing eight <laughs> hours a day, so to have to be guardian rank, you know, three thousand. I like how they even say once you select it, they're like, "Oh, you can't use this yet, right?" Because <laughs> we have to fix it. <laughs> so, like I said, I'll be happy with the next patch if they if they do where you can set it so that your friends can hop in your game um, without an invite necessary. That would be nice. And like I said, I I'm I could see 
Borderlands is going to be the game that I come back to um, when they have something going on. So, like, when they put the raid boss out, we'll, you know, hop back in. When Bloody Harvest is going on, I'll hop back in. And they and Borderlands, starting with two, started doing seasonal events. Um, so that'll be that'll probably be the points where I come back and, and check out Borderlands more. But I will be staying with it, I think, long term with this one. Yeah, I at least want to bring up another character. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who was using the operative, and I'm like, I think I'm too dumb for the operative. Uh, <laughs> he just seems very complicated to me. We'll see. I, I'd, I'd like to run all four because the other ones, like the other characters that I have, I'll probably, like, Amara will be the person that I do all of the campaign content with. And then yeah. literally everybody else, I'm probably just going to do matchmaking and just jump into just jump into people's games yeah, and do it that way. So. Yeah. I've done that a couple of times. It's not bad. Um, for the most part, like some people are just kind of scatterbrained and don't know what they're doing. Right. So if, if, if that's the case, I'll, I'll open my game up to the public and I've had pretty good experiences, you know, just kind of going through the, basically doing what I want to do. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, you jumped into my game, so we're we're doing these story missions. Damn it! Well, and and I, from what I understand, as long as you're not worried about experiencing cutscenes and and like listening to, like if you're not experiencing the story, then playing with other people is fine. Um, and if you're in someone else's game, be courteous and don't you know, you know, run to the next travel point or anything like that. Yeah, like remember that you're along for the ride, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. So that is it uh, for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to join our fan group, densepixels.com slash fans on Facebook. Uh, we're always posting in there, talking games every single day with our community. Uh, don't forget to follow us on social media at densepixels. Subscribe to the show on whatever app you use for your podcast. Go to youtube.com slash densepixels and subscribe there. Uh, on Twitch, you can follow Terrence at Apparition410, and you can follow Carrie at Summit's Carrie. Um, Carrie, of course, still taking donations for her extra life stream that'll be happening in November. So uh, if you go into the fan group, you can find a link where you can donate if you're able to contribute there. Um, so again, that is it. Thank you all very much for watching and listening this week, and we will see you all the next time. See ya. See ya.